0: i'm lisa lloyd and i'd like to welcome you to my podcast beyond the water cooler this episode's a little bit different having had some great conversations with my guests i felt there was a bit more to add in terms of specific strategies to support leaders this is me going solo as a psychologist psychotherapist and business owner of it's time for change i support companies with developing so many aspects of their leadership culture mental wellbeing, and everything employee experience. So it makes sense to share a bit more of my insights and expertise here. I wonder what will spark your motivation to develop and improve your practice. Let's dive in. Recording my conversation for the Beyond the Water Cooler podcast yesterday with Dave, I realised we only just touched the surface of remote working. Several times we referenced developing a culture for remote teams but we ran out of time to explore that in any detail. So I thought I'd share some of what I know here as a little extra to accompany the podcast episode. Again this is only a summary of some of the key points to think about but it's a starter and as those of you who know me well appreciate I'm always at the end of the phone looking at a screen or more preferably enjoying a coffee so let's continue the conversation one-to-one. So let's start with what the characteristics are for effective remote working. So from the employer's perspective, I think mental health is a biggie and whether you like it or not, um, it's a conversation we need to have. In 2021, the State of Remote Work report from our labs found that 74% of people said that after the pandemic, working from home was better for their mental health. Which is good news and 84 percent said that working remotely after the pandemic would make them happier but we also know that working can negatively impact resilience the ability to handle stress and boundary setting and burnout is a real risk contrary to some leaders fears that their staff won't be working hard enough if they can't see them and so remote workers can experience isolation Loneliness is one of the biggest struggles for people working remotely. I know from my conversations with leaders that they really worry about the spotting the signs and knowing what to do about that. There are some really straightforward approaches to dealing with this including workshops that help individuals identify their early warning signs and how others will know what those signs are, what is helpful, what isn't. In other words good mental health and well-being sessions that really connect the theory to practice by helping people apply the knowledge and skills to themselves and their teammates. But of course, workshops only really make a difference when they're followed up um, and they reflect a real commitment to, to live and breathe a way of life that supports good mental well-being. That comes back to culture. Another obvious solution, but one that can feel a challenge for busy leaders, is making more time to check in with employees. Mental Health First Aid England recently found that 48% of employees had not experienced a well-being check-in during the last year, which was up from 25% in 2021. But we know that mental health needs are at an all-time high. So whether that's stress, depression, anxiety, or overwhelm, we simply can't ignore it. We know that when emotional arousal is high, our ability to perform really plummets, So why wouldn't you make the time to address this very real need? So when we think about that, check-ins are not just about what people are actually doing, but it's the how, it's the what's getting in the way, what help they need, what has gone well. In other words, the emotional aspects of the role. We also know that in 2022, job burnout has jumped to an all-time high. The American Psychological Association's Work and Wellbeing Survey found that 79% of the 1500 employees involved experienced work-related stress, resulting in a lack of interest, motivation and energy at work. Do people in your team showing up like that sit right with you? As we said in the podcast. You've got to have the courage to ask what's causing poor mental well-being, stress or overwhelm and then find measures to address them. What we know for certain is that remote working requires a personalised approach and some employees want one thing and some want another, so you need to find out what's the best way of responding to them and how they want to respond to you. Avoid the one-size-fits-all, looking after your people as individuals, really does pay back. So moving away from mental health, leaders need to be very aware of the need for clarity. So whether that's about the role, uh, people's purpose, don't assume they know the why and the what of their role. That clarity around what is actually expected of them when they're working from home. What's the future like and what's their part in it? So you as a leader may well know that but sitting at home on your own you can feel very isolated and you're not sure of the bigger picture. Make sure there's clarity around the processes for working from home, working remotely because they may may look different to those that exist in the workplace that they're used to. What opportunities are there for learning and development? have some clarity around progression how to make sure that they don't feel they're missing out on opportunities what are their interests what do they want to learn more about and how do they want to develop so really clarifying those expectations from when working from home your communication has never been more important so that remote workers don't feel they're missing out on information and those opportunities and so they receive regular feedback Team communications is also a really essential part of that planning, both informal and formal, so that people can collaborate, problem-solve, and be creative, which doesn't necessarily happen in a 30-minute video call with a packed agenda. You've got to focus on the value provided and not the hours completed. Time does not equate to performance, and I think that's an issue that lots of people are getting stuck with at the moment. Be clear about what you give permission for your employees to do, how much autonomy they do have, and then encourage them to demonstrate their real value. So what about the employee's role in making remote work effective? The themes really overlap with what I've suggested just now, which is a a relief, really, because it makes life simpler if we're all focusing on the same things. It really doesn't show the need to have these conversations. So the need for boundaries is one that many employees struggle with. They need to consciously take control and plan to avoid the always on approach. Ask them how they're achieving this and challenge them when you know that they're not sticking to those boundaries. Also ask employees to identify the most engaging ways for them to communicate and connect with each other. So they feel that they're in the loop to stay connected and to know that others have their back. So some people will like a text. Others might prefer a quick call from you. Some like to walk and talk to escape their home office. Others enjoy a non-work chat, perhaps over video phones that they can sit somewhere different, um, sharing lunch you've got to plan for different methods of communication and know what works best for each employee. Let's turn our focus to how we maintain or improve engagement with remote workers. If you get the points I've outlined so far right then you're on the right path. In addition to those features there are some other things you can do for remote working that make makes it more effective. So taking time to set up that remote way of working is really important. It may sound really obvious but people tend to just assume it's just going to happen. They just let it happen. We need to take conscious control of shaping it so that it works for the individuals, the team, and the wider company. So actually having those conversations about what it looks like, how it works best. Explore what people are excited about, what they're worried about. If you don't ask, those feelings still exist, and those shape people's behavior. So You need to have an opportunity to be able to guide that, to shape that if those behaviours are not particularly positive, not particularly uh, useful for the outcomes of your team. Ask what support individuals need, whether that's with things like IT, um, a particular client or a specific area of development. I always think it's safer to assume that everyone needs support with something. It's just the knowing what. And the value of a team is that it's possible to collaborate and help each other, regardless of whether they're face to face or at a distance. I always think that remote working should not equate to individuals working from their homes, but teams spread out around the country. Wellness action plans, or I call them engagement action plans, are a great resource to shape such conversations. And I'll pop a link in the notes. Regular connections and Check-ins also mean that you will have to let go of something as a leader because your time is not infinite. If you really value looking after your team and bring the best out of them working remotely, then you're going to have to identify what you're going to let go of, what will otherwise get in the way. So the excuse of I don't have time is no longer valid. If it's really important to you, you'll find the time. That does mean consciously looking at what you can let go of. And of course, knowing your people, what are their values? What motivates them? What are they juggling? Think about the iceberg analogy. What you see in the people working remotely is just the tip of that iceberg. Underneath is a whole array of other aspects of their life that they are dealing with, whether it's to do with work or non-work. The more you're aware of what they are juggling, the more you're aware of how You can support them or what they need to happen in order to be able to manage those other demands so that they can work well. A lot of what needs to happen to support people working remotely and the managers overseeing them is not rocket science but there is an art to doing it well. And often that needs a little exploring to unpick what works well and what is proven more challenging. Leaders having a sounding board to consider these issues collectively is really powerful. You often have the ideas and the answers within your wider team, but you simply haven't had the right conversations with the right people. And that often comes back to making the time. Research by Topia with 1,000 full-time staff in large organizations across the UK and the US found that only 17% felt that their company had exceptional employee experience. The remote working or hybrid experience is very much part of how employees feel about their work and their company. You need to understand the disconnect between what your workforce really feel and what be- leaders believe they're providing. Unless, of course, you're in the minority and you're not concerned about performance, retention, or recruitment. So get in touch if you'd like to discuss any of these ideas or the challenges you're facing. If you're getting quick, you can join me on the 24th of May for a workshop about transcending leadership. And I'll put the details in the notes. Message me to find out more if you miss that opportunity. So I'm going to leave you with this the question about what is your takeaway from listening to this? Can you pinpoint one or two actions to begin the journey to making remote working more effective? Enjoy the journey. It's always so much more engaging when it's meaningful. Thank you for joining me today on Beyond the Water Cooler. If you love it, I would really appreciate a five-star review as this helps more people to find the podcast. And if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe so you get notifications every time we publish a new episode. If something in this episode has got you chomping at the bit, or if you'd like to discuss the topics covered in this podcast further, please do get in touch and we can continue the conversation. You can find me at lisa at itstimeforchange.co.uk. My details are in the show notes. If you'd like to be kept in the loop on what I'm getting up to, I publish a monthly roundup. To sign up, head over to itstimeforchange.co.uk forward slash join the club. I'm always looking for new, interesting people to chat with on the Beyond the Water Cooler podcast. So if you have a story to tell or know of anyone who would be an inspiration to talk to, please do get in touch. And lastly, I'd love to know what you would like to hear about on the podcast. So drop me a line for all suggestions. And that way I can make sure that what I'm talking about is most helpful. See you next time.